What's going on, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Eating Shit. Uh, so today, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some sales stuff, and as always, um, really all, all I can relate this to is to what we do here at the company, but um, this is kind of like a more broad topic for anything sales-related, really. Um, so I got thinking more about this earlier this week. I had dinner with an, an agent in town, um, and it's kind of funny because his main source of like lead generation. And when I say agent, I'm talking about real estate agent. Um, his main source of lead generation is cold calling. Like he's a cold caller. And um, we had a good conversation and we've known each other for a while. Um, but it's funny because we're always like, not always, but pretty often we're competing on the same deals. Like we'll see, you know, he, he ends up listing something that we were working on or, or was in our database or vice versa. Uh, we end up buying something that he was working on as a listing and it's not just him. It's like all the cold callers in town. Um, and it's just kind of like the same demographics, like same target sellers, same lists, all that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a, he's a great salesperson. He's been in sales forever. Like as soon as he graduated high school, he was doing sales and I think he's probably like 35, 36 now. Um, so we had some good good conversations, but a few of them were just like really at, about like how bad people are at sales, like even people that are in sales jobs. Like he had a story about, um, you know, walking into a, a place to buy a vacuum and like the guy wouldn't sell him the vacuum. He's like, hey, like I want that one. Um, and the guy like wouldn't stop his sales pitch. He just kept on with the presentation. He's like, dude, like just give me that vacuum. Like, I want that one. He was like, if you, he's like, if you tell me one more thing about this vacuum, I'm going to walk out of here. So, um, it was a good conversation, but, uh, more so related to today's topic is just like selling to people who actually want whatever it is you're selling, whether it's a product or service or whatnot. Um, so I think, you know, sales is like a dirty word or it's like just viewed in a negative light for anyone that's not in sales or in business um, because people view when, when you think of sales um, you think of like a used car salesman or just like timeshare salesman or just like the old school like high pressure um, like just sleazy tactics to get people to buy something that they don't really want um, and we kind of treat things the opposite way. Um, so a couple of points about like selling to people who actually want your product. Like obviously if you sell to people who actually want your shit, um, it's much easier to sell. So how do you do that? Um, I mean, step one is pre-qualifying the leads that you have. So that's what we do here at the company. Uh, if it's your first time listening, it's a flipping and wholesaling company here in Reno, Nevada, just, um, you know, mostly single family condos, townhouses, manufactured, that type of thing. We produce a bunch of marketing leads come in. We have to pre-qualify the leads, which I'm about to talk about. And then we take appointments directly with the seller, um, at their house and then go into, you know, a, a purchase agreement to buy the home directly from them. No agents involved, that type of thing. So, um, with pre-qualifying the leads, the way that we do it, um, we use an acronym called U, uh, UMB which is urgency, motivation, and ballpark price is like what we have to qualify our leads on. So a lead comes into the system and, you know, if it's a cold call lead, for example, um, you know, there's just, we have virtual assistants that just, that's their job 40 hours a week is just sit on a dialer and cold call data. And so if a lead comes into the system, 
we we could go and like listen to the call but it's just like not effective to do all the cold callers trying to do is get like a someone to raise their hand that basically says yes i'll hear the cash offer but like people screw with the cold callers a lot and you know and obviously not every lead that comes into our system is like a qualified lead that's why we actually have to qualify them alternatively you know people can go on google and type in sell house fast cash buyer whatever and then find us that way but same thing even though they're reaching out to us like some people will just input their information and they're looking for like an appraisal or something i have no clue why they're inputting it but it happens so we still have to qualify the leads like no matter where they come from so on um, urgency motivation and ballpark price what we do so we have a whole uh, a dedicated role that we call our bdr business development representative all he does is qualify leads on those three metrics. So urgency, basically like, are they ready to sell now or sometime very soon? Um, motivation, you know, in, um, in like, in our business, we are looking for motivated sellers. I've talked about that on here before, not just any old seller. Uh, most people uh, that sell their house should list their home on the market. Um, but we are looking for motivated sellers where we can actually add value to them. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second. And then uh, ballpark price. And we don't really qualify that much off of price. It's just to get rid of people that are like, yeah, I want a million dollars and they live in a $400,000 house um, after it's fixed up. So just to get rid of like either people that are screwing with us or just people that are truly delusional and just don't know anything about like the value of their home or something like that. Um, so when we do that, the point being is like we have a lot of leads we can't take appointments on all these leads because it's physically impossible. And even if we could, um, it wouldn't be a good use of anyone's time because we'd be taking appointments with sellers that like should not buy our product. And, or I guess it's kind of a, it's kind of confusing when you talk about buyers and sellers because whenever you're learning about sales, you're always talking about like you're the one selling and they're the one buying. When we do sales, they are the ones selling and we're like, um, we're buying the house, but I guess you could think of it as they are buying our service, like, but it's, it's backwards. So it's kind of confusing, but, um, either way, you know, you'd be taking appointments with, with people that should list their home. Um, the appointments wouldn't take very long because you'd be like, yeah, you should just list this. And they'd be like, okay, thanks. See you later. But it's not worth driving all over the state to do that shit. So that's why we qualify the leads and we're only taking appointments with, um, leads that are like, I guess, qualified on those three things. And then from from there, we at least know going into the appointment that this is a lead that is at least worth the time to go on the appointment, um, you know, take the appointment with that seller. <clears throat> so I guess, um, you know, that's like the first big point on <clears throat> selling to people that actually want to buy your product because that's where, you know, the sales dirty word thing I was touching on earlier, it's like they get a bad name because, you know, they're, they're, or at least back in the day, this shit doesn't work anymore, but like they would just force things down people's throats that they don't really want. And that's like the high pressure. And it's like, you don't want to do this, but like, you're just in that situation and they end up doing it. And then they have like, you know, buyer's remorse and it's just not a good situation for anyone, but the salesperson, they're the one that won there. Everyone else loses. Um, so if you can make sure upfront that whoever you're talking to at least like somewhat wants what you're selling much easier and you don't have to do any of the shady shit that they used to do all the time. Um, <clears throat> so point number two, asking the right questions. Um, so this is huge just for, you know, this is more like 
sales 102. Um, and we're always continually uh, working on this type of stuff and training as a team and doing one-on-one training with the guys and stuff like that. But um, asking the right questions is the way that you really find out if they want your product um, or not, or if they should even buy your product. So, you know, you always want to op- ask like open-ended questions, like first and foremost, not like yes, no questions. Because if you ask an open-ended question, um, I'm just going to go ahead and use seller because that's what I'm used to talking about. So when you ask a seller an open-ended question, um, it makes them respond, you know, in a way that is not yes, no. They actually have to like tell you something about the situation. And um, kind of in in the same like lane as open-ended questions, um, asking like questions that are more like in a perfect world, what does this transaction look like to you? That's just like a... uh, an example of, of one of, you know, a thousand open-ended questions and perfect world questions. But you can see like in a perfect world, what does this transaction look like to you? Now they, how ridiculous would it be if someone was like, yes, or in a perfect world, what does this transaction look like to you? No. Now, whatever their response is, doesn't really matter. They're going to tell you more about what they want out of this transaction, which is what we need on the other end of that to make sure that our offer fits around that, um, those goals for the sale. So also, um, this is like the key to really getting into like their real needs and their real motivation. And it just depends on the, on the person. Like some people have walls up and it takes a long time to dig and dig and dig and have a long conversation, ask a ton of questions before their walls come down and they tell you what's actually going on. Other people, as soon as you pick up the phone, um, they'll start telling you about their situation or whatever and they just love to talk and just different personality types, different situations, whatever. But asking those, the open-ended questions, the picture-perfect questions, that's what really allows, um, allows you to get deeper than just surface level on the motivation of the sellers. And again, like in our business model, we're looking for highly motivated sellers. So that's why that's like the most important thing is digging into that motivation on why they want to sell the home in the first place and then making sure that we're a good fit, which we'll get into in just a second. Um, But you can see, you know, if, uh, if you didn't ask those questions or even like the most basic of questions, like, you know, say closing timelines or whatever, um, you know, you could be trying to sell someone a product that they don't even want. If you're like, oh, you know, well, we can close in 10, uh, seven days. If you guys listen to last week's episode, I was talking, talking about unethical wholesaling, I guess, where, you know, just people that don't know what they don't know, they're brand new. They're taught to promise a seven day close. And I mentioned that like out of the thousands of sellers I've talked to, I can, yeah, I'd have to really, really think about it. And I could name on one hand how many truly need to close in seven days. Um, but they're just taught like that's the pitch, all cash. We pay closing costs, no commissions, close in seven days. And, you know, for most sellers, like they don't even want a seven-day close. Like most people can't move out in seven days. Um, a lot of times, even for a 30-day close, people are like, 
hesitant to move forward because they're like, that's not enough time. Like I need, what if I, what if the movers aren't available or like, what if I can't find a place to go and all these other things. And like, that's what a good salesperson should be finding out on a seller appointment in our business. Um, really like what the seller is truly looking for and how we can help them accomplish those goals through the product of us, you know, buying their house and providing the easy button in a real estate transaction. Um, you can see now when it's explained, it sounds pretty ridiculous. If someone was like, if they just told you, if they're like, well, I need, um, you know, 30 days to get moved out and then I'm going to need another two weeks after close. Um, you know, so I can actually pay for the movers and get the U-Haul and drive across country and blah, blah, blah. And then the next words out of your mouth, you make an offer and you're like, and we can close in seven days. Doesn't that sound fucking stupid? But usually people don't volunteer that information. You have to ask the right questions. And closing timelines is like level one. That's the most basic shit you can do because you have to put a closing date on the contract. Now you can see, you know, level 100 is digging into everything else, all the true motivation of the seller, why they want to sell the house, what's going on with the situation, whether it has to do with the home, whether it doesn't. There's a million things we've heard, every single story that you can possibly think of, and also we haven't because next week we'll hear a different one that we haven't heard before. So, um, and then I guess like, you know, the third and final point is just like keeping the seller's best interest in mind. I think that's huge. Um, and I think that's where you can really stay away from like being a sleazy, like stereotypical high pressure salesperson. Um, when you just do what's right for the, the seller in, in our instance, or do what's right for the buyer for if you're selling something else. Um, because like I said at the beginning, you know, even though we target motivated sellers with our marketing, still like nine out of the 10 people that we talk to should just list their home. Um, we're not a good fit for for them. All of the deals are a good fit for us if we can get them at a right price. Um, but most people, their number one goal for selling a piece of real estate is highest net proceeds. They are never going to get highest net proceeds by taking a cash offer off market from an investor, whether it's us or anyone else in town, the way to get highest net proceeds is to hire a really fucking good real estate agent that knows what they're doing and can market the property and sell it. Um, and we just tell people that on the, on, on the, when we disqualify a lead, you know, and that's why we hit motivation early in the sales process in those UMB. We have to figure out like if that is their motivation or they're just like, yeah, I guess I'll move. Like I got a random call from you and like, there's really nothing else going on. Um, those are listings. Like if they do want to sell, that's a listing. So refer it to a listing agent. It's, you can take the appointment if you got nothing else to do, but like the seller really shouldn't, um, take your offer because yeah, you're going to provide like an easier transaction and a shorter transaction than what they'll get listing it on the market, but they don't really need that. Um, the people that we buy from really, really need that. And it's really hard to explain that to people, especially to real estate agents, because they only deal with people that want highest net proceeds. They've never even dealt with any type of distress situation. And if it was, that's like, like flipping one-on-one for us, not the shit that we have to deal with on a daily basis on almost all of our deals. Um, you know, the people that we deal with, um, that we buy from, they have so much going on that by the time we're done with the transaction, we're like, <laughs> Good thing they uh, 
signed with us because there ain't no one else that would have done what we did for them to get them out of this situation and on with, you know, whatever is next for them. And then in exchange for providing that, we get a house that we can go rehab and still have enough margin in it to make a profit and run a business. Um, So really just like you can think of how does the product help their problem or help their situation. Like I just said, in, in our business, like our product is the easy button, providing like a white glove service to the seller, speed, convenience, uh, all of these things. And it's very, very, very much different than listing the home. But if they're, if they don't need that type of service, yeah, everyone would prefer that type of service, but if they don't need it and their true main goal is highest net proceeds, that's a listing. Our service does not help them to accomplish their main goal. Our service helps uh, these other sellers that really, really need all that stuff. And highest net proceeds is like 10th on their list of goals and things that they have going on that have to do or could be solved with selling this house in the next 30 days. Hopefully that makes sense. I know it was a little bit all over the place. Um, But yeah, those are just kind of like, you know, three things for, you know, you can apply that to whatever, um, whatever you're selling any type of product, any sales position, but just keep that in mind. And I think that'll help you. Um, anyway, some issues for the week back to eating shit. Um, didn't have all that many issues this week. Just seller on one specific deal getting kind of squirrely has probably been the biggest problem that we've had. Um, and this is again, like going back to providing the service. Um, you know, this, this lady who we're in contract to buy from, needs a lot of help. Um, just like overwhelmed, can't deal with the situation. The house is like a total wreck, feel terrible for her even like staying another day in this house. Like it's really, really bad and really, really gross. Um, so she definitely wants to get out. Now the problem always, you know, with our area is affordability. Like basically no one can afford a home right now if you're using lending. Um, she's trying to use cash from the proceeds of the sale, but it's not really that much. There's really nothing available, you know, unless she did get a loan or get a manufactured in a park or something like that, but she doesn't want any overhead as far as bills. So she doesn't want a condo because of HOA and neighbors doesn't want manufactured in a park because of the space rent. So she basically wants a house, but it's like, and she wants to be close into town. It's like, yeah, I wish uh, we could have more options for you. But anyway, we did find her house. We hooked her up with an agent. They're in contract to buy it. But now the issue is that that house is, you know, the condition of that house is not acceptable, which on one hand I understand. Um, but on the other hand, it's like even as is, is like a 10x upgrade from what she's currently living in. Um, so we've been trying to work with her on that. Hooked her up with a handyman. She wants all these repairs, but the thing that's squirrely for us is just like, you know, we want to do what we can to help. Uh, we always want to provide the most value possible. And, you know, that's another perk of going with us versus like a listing or really any other buyer in town too, is that we'll do all this extra shit that no one else does. But what we don't want to get into is like, you know, we basically have to draw a line somewhere because the last thing we want is like inevitably six months, a year, two years from now, when something goes wrong with that house, she's going to be mad at us because, you know, oh, well, you guys put me in contact with the agent and you guys found me that house and you guys put me in contact with the handyman and all this other stuff. And 
you know, it's just like you start thinking about things like that, and then it goes back to like the no good deed goes unpunished type thing. Um, so we're trying to get workarounds with that, and then you know she's trying to not she wasn't trying to cancel, but she's like trying to cancel that deal, and we we pretty much put it back in in her court for that reason that I just mentioned, like the liability thing or potential or whatever, and just said like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, um, you know, like we'll just extend and we'll find something else when it comes up, you know, if that ever happens, we'll, we'll see. Um, but now she's thinking about moving forward. So there's always like, like I said, you know, you guys that are just getting into this or haven't done that many deals yet, or just agents that listen to this, like I would blow your mind if I could give you all the details. I'm definitely not, I can do it after we close, but I'm not going to do it on a current deal um, that we still have not closed yet. But all the details for some of the moving parts that we have to do and the things that we have to do to get these deals to the finish line, um, they're, none of them are easy. And that's just like the reality of it. But that's kind of the biggest issue, just that one deal and, you know, trying to, where do we draw the line? Where are the potential issues later that are coming versus, you know, like we don't, really care about one deal like we're not gonna we could easily back to unethical but easily just like push her into something that doesn't work for her just to close but that's the last thing we want to do because that opens us up to huge liability we truly want to like put her in something that she wants to be in that's why we're kind of putting it back into her court and making her double triple quadruple confirm that this is what she wants to do you know she has to hire her own handyman all that type of stuff so anyway um that's just that's normal stuff though but that's that's kind of the issue of the week and then uh wins for the week um our dispo guy cody uh he's becoming more and more on his own so heavy training i've been doing the last six weeks with him is uh paying off which is always the point when you hire someone and uh that's just going to give me more time to do this more content more brand awareness for the company and ultimately just get us more deals uh in the future and do the things that i like doing as far as business goes not just being so caught up in the day-to-day so baby steps it's always slower than you want but it's uh it's happening at and it will happen at some point so anyway uh thanks for listening and we will see you on the next episode